Hello, everybody. Welcome back once again to the Pre-Game Effect podcast. My name is Ian, and today I'm joined by Dom. How's it going, buddy? What up, what up? You know, same shit, different week. That's right. Uh, Luke was unable to join us tonight. You know, something about having a kid. But, you know, we love him anyway. Absolutely. Um, both of them. Yeah, both of them. Kid more than Luke, <laughs> but just because he's cute. Uh, so what you been up to, buddy? Um, lately, just working, getting ready. Work's ramping up. Next week's going to be, your next month is going to be nutso. But basically, like, in, like, three weeks to four weeks earlier than we thought. So I'm not going to be upset when that check hits. But, uh, uh around the house and everything mm-hmm. so uh getting that stuff done and uh but cards wise we went and did that uh did that proxy vintage event we were talking about mm-hmm. and uh that's that was pretty fun like i i enjoyed it you know i had uh went three two lost both times to uh paradoxical outcome dumb decks those dumb things yeah it's a hell of a card um unfortunately got kind like i went in not like i'll say not caring but that is like i was just there to have fun you know kind of got tilted out round one um my opponent just took forever Mm -hmm. oh and i was on shops prison um my opponent just like took forever trying to like map out things like hey it it is what it is like that's fine but their their final decision was oh i'm gonna hercules recall you and then like make this big ass uh construct and i was like cool but they passed i looked at my hand tried to play one or two things and then they had a counter and i was like yeah you got it was it that hard of a decision that you took six minutes to figure out to Hercules recall me? Like I, I didn't understand why. And they were like, Oh, well, I was I was trying to see if I could play this and steal or uh play my Frexian Metamorph and copy your shadow spear, then attach it to my guy, and then just kill you in one turn. And I was like, So win more. All right, cool. Like I just packed yeah, for being went. honest, Hercules recall already killed you. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like that that was just the card so i was a little annoyed with that it is what it is um next round god what the hell did i play against i played against the reanimate reanimator at one point that was, was close just like like classic reanimator or was it more like world gorger combo i saw classic reanimator yeah yeah it was um white red black he was talking about playing blue to be able to have forces and stuff in there mm-hmm. but he wasn't sure oh he had a in there though too so okay um he was talking about playing blue in there to like be able to counter things and I'm again i'm not good at building especially in a format that i played six hands in mm-hmm. um so we were talking about that that was kind of cool um he had to turn one sire of insanity against me in game two, and that fucked me up. Good. Yeah. Um and then 
yeah, game three, I just had like answer, answer, prison piece, prison piece, prison piece, and then I found my wastelands and that worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did play against someone who I knew was playing uh, bazaars, and uh, that's when I was sitting next to you. Yeah, <laughs> I had the turn one, um, pithy needle naming bazaar. Like it was, uh, he was pretty upset about that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, and what else did I play against? Um, it, it was Tinker or something. I, I feel like all the decks run all the same cards, but they're all named differently. They they do a lot of the same things between them. Yeah, um, yeah, because there was there's some decks that play like they play Tinker just to go get a big dumb idiot. There's ones that get Tinker for Bolus Citadel. Some That's what I played against. Go for time vault. So it's like there's Tinker combo, Tinker control, Tinker like stompy almost. Yeah. So there's there's so many different things you can do with it. Yeah, I played against the Bolas Citadel one, which I feel like would be super fun to play. Just Bolas Citadel is dope. I played that card a little bit in um, Pioneer actually when the format was first created. That was super fun. Yeah, and turns but, out that card is even better when you only have like eight lands in your deck. Yeah. Um that was really good. And yeah, I just I was able to get more prison pieces out, stop them from doing shit that way, and then made a huge constructs, mm-hmm. went for it. So uh it was enjoyable. You know, I mean I'll, I'll I could see me trying to play other things. I think I enjoyed uh obviously playing against you guys, playtesting more so than going up against other people but especially in like a format that i have very i feel like very little knowledge in but like looking at the lists i know a majority of the cards but still like there was a couple things where i was like yeah what does that do you know okay cool sure whatever you know yeah Um, and a lot of that just comes down to like once you do play the format a little bit more like you pick up on a lot of the play patterns on a lot of the more corner case cards that people will play um, and just figure out how to play the different matchups too. Like it's just yeah. like when we were first getting, like when the, like the whole group was starting to get into legacy mm-hmm. and I was going over, it's like, all right, so in this matchup, you can do this and this and this, but they're going to try to do this. Yeah. And like, let's be honest. It took a while to get everybody up to speed. So vintage is going to be the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I don't feel like everyone is at the same speed. And mm-hmm. I'm not like saying that as I'm some like fucking savant or anything, you know, I, I feel like in the past two years, though, I feel like I've improved my legacy plane. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think by like, like I said, I'm, I'm not going out and winning events and all this shit. Like, I don't really get to play as much, but I feel like my knowledge of like understanding what cards i need to attempt to win in a certain position like looking at my outs and then also understanding my fuck-ups too yeah to like improve my odds better on so yeah trying to do that gone are the days of why'd you do that i don't know yeah like i could ask you a question about a line that you took like five turns before the end of the game and you'll go and it's like, oh, I was planning on doing this because if they have this card or this card, it plays around those. But mm-hmm. then if they have this, it loses to it. But that's only a one of, so I don't really have to worry too much. And it's like you, you've been able to get to a point where you can look at the lines 
and it's like neo style see the code kind of yeah it's like plan things ahead and like that's a big step for a lot of magic players is getting to a point where you're not just like not just taking game actions at random because you think they're good like you have reasons for doing everything absolutely yeah and i think having that like obviously the end goal is for most people is to win obviously you know i'm just here to have fun that's great um and goal most of the time is to win so trying to figure out the different path to get there um has been pretty cool so um but also i i guess my last thing so we can continue keep going on uh yeah the one rings ridiculous yes so that was uh wild um i'm glad i now have four proxies of it because there's some other decks uh one i will talk about later that i'm thinking about trying to play and (laughs) feels really weird thinking that i want to play this deck so uh it was cool i look to try and do it again uh i'm unfortunately not able to make it to the uh bcdl vo um next bcdvo yeah something the vintage open that rob was putting on we talked about last episode not able to make it to that it's just got too much going on here yeah it turns out when Um, your when your work gets pushed up by about a month uh things go fall by the wayside yeah and like and in two weeks we're gonna be going nuts so like the people we're feeding now we're expecting another 40 to 60 people and we're already going through like I know this means nothing for anyone else. My one cooler that I deal with, I'm already going through three and a half cases of water a day. My backup fridge holds four. So I'm going to have to find another fridge to keep things cold, especially when I'm we're there all day, like pulling doubles. Yeah. So it'll be interesting, but that's, yeah. that's a later time. Yeah. Cause it turns out when it's, prob- when it's not just, Oh yeah, I fed 60 people for a meal. It's like, no, I fed, I've had like 60 people for breakfast and lunch mm-hmm. and dinner and provided snacks and oh, yeah. gave them stuff to take home. It's a little different. Mm-hmm. It's it's a whole thing. I am messing around with my ice cream machine again, though. So that's been Hell super yes. fun. But um, unfortunately, I guess for me, it's been non-dairy. Fortunately for a bunch of people out there. Fortunately for me, it has been non-dairy. Yeah, so... I um we're thawing out this non-dairy substitute that we got. I can't remember exactly what it is, but I'd used it years ago um to make like a salted caramel um just like a dairy-free salted caramel ice cream and uh it was really good. So Dom, I'll I have that. just finished dinner and you're making me hungry. <laughs> yeah. I'll uh I'll hopefully try and have some of that for you next week. <laughs> we'll see. But uh, anyway, what have you been up to since our last episode? Uh, yeah, played the played the same vintage event that you did. Uh, ended up going four and one actually. Yeah. Um, my only loss was to the same guy that you played round one. Um, he was playing coveted lotus blue shops. So, mm. like, paradoxical outcome with nine mana floating, targeting six mana rocks, and I I just conceded on the spot because I'm dead. Like, there's nothing I can do. Yeah. Um, 
but I ended up playing against Luke, actually. Uh, he was playing Jeskai Dreadhorde Arcanist. Mm-hmm. So just that looked Jeskai. cool. Dude, the deck does so many cool things. Um, and like, I know he played, he actually played against the reanimator guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a Lurus in play, attacked his opponent with a Ragavan, flipped his opponent's Entomb, used the treasure token to cast Entomb, put Dreadhorde Arcanist in his own graveyard, and cast it with Lurus. <laughs> that was hot. That's pretty dope. That's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, I played against him. Um, basically, game one, I won the die roll. I put a prison piece into play on turn one. He didn't have a counter, so he died. Mm-hmm. Game two, he resolved a shattering spree, so I died. Yep. And then game three, I think he played one spell, and that was about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, I played against three bizarre decks, which is kind of a this is kind of a lopsided matchup. Yeah, these these decks are playing things like Basking Ruwala, Hollow One, um, like a bunch of things that they're just playing for free because they're discarding all these cards. Uh, they have a very hard time beating Sphere of Resistance yep. or Trinosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, or worm coil engine turns out or more importantly tabernacle um i had game one like i knew what my opponent was on because i sat next to him the round before and i looked down at my hand and i see workshop sphere tabernacle say keep look at the other four cards His turn one on the play plays bizarre, activates it, discards two hollow or two venge vines, and a basking ruwala. Cast the ruwala. Cast hollow one from hand. Get two venge vines back. Play second hollow one. He has no cards left. Attacks me for eight passes. I just go tabernacle go, and he just concedes. Yep. Oh yeah. It's it's such a good card. It's like. There were the moments when I was playing against, like I was playing goblins. Uh, this is in Legacy. I was playing goblins against lands. Like I kept getting paired against this one particular guy on lands, and just every time he would just crop rotate into tabernacle, and it just like shut me down for the most part. I'm like God, I, I like I understand it's so good. And then I went and played. Was it that uh, Legacy for real estate event? And I, I just couldn't get a tabernacle. I'm like, oh no, it was the. Um, um legacy open legacy pit open yes it was like yeah it was like the first event um i mean it was still honestly during covid shit that was going on yeah because that was that was basically two years ago now yeah which i i also saw that they just canceled the one this year yeah i I don't know what came up but yeah i hope everything's all right i hope everything's all right Um, um hopefully nothing too crazy but we'll see the uh but i remember going there and like you know what i'm gonna play and we'll see what happens and that was fine like and i i got i got my ass kicked there i don't think i won a game uh i think i won like a game or two Mm -hmm. i didn't win a match i don't feel like um and i i was i was obviously upset about it like you know you go there you spend all this money and because it i mean it was 
at the time for me it felt like it was pricey going there it was almost mm. 200 bucks for yeah. entry and i'm like yeah i'm gonna go there without an optimized deck cool let's go um but i i did learn from it all that you know kept going from there I'm and it was just the battle it was the thing where like yes this card's expensive as shit but god damn it it will win you games on its own yeah like the reason that lands is such a good deck is because of cards like urza saga mm-hmm. wasteland and tabernacle yeah like the rest of the I cards love those cards yeah dude they're so good <laughs> like they're i was almost gonna say they are the most efficient card ever printed at what they do strip mine technically is better but strip mine's not legal so i don't give a shit yeah but they just are so efficient that you can end up playing games against combo decks that are just sitting there trying to do something super busted, super quick. And you're like, okay, Mm -hmm. uh, tap my forest cast crop rotation. Bog you untap tabernacle wasteland. You, you have to sacrifice your Atraxa that you put into play. Yep. Go. And then they just don't do anything. Yeah, it's it's just like the uh, like the safety nets, mm-hmm. you know, in the deck, which is awesome. And that and that's why I really, I'm glad I made the decision to play lands. And I think I I feel I'm very much enjoying the deck. I like the play styles of it. I think it's really cool. It's you have the opportunity to win very fast mm-hmm. if you know if if the, if the cards line up and you see that your maybe your opponent stumbles or it's just the check okay let's see if they have it you know oh but you can also grind out like crazy like oh against these other control decks yeah you're favored you just got to find like i don't have to cast a fucking spell Mm. at all and it's cool so all your counter spells don't do anything yeah like it's it's super cool Uh, so i'm i'm very excited that i I have that of playing it. That doesn't mean I'm not, I don't look at other decks too, but it's mm-hmm. uh, super exciting. But yeah. And honestly, like <laughs> since you've picked up lands and started playing that a lot more dedicated, that's kind of where you got to the point where you're starting to play to your outs and play around what your opponent's having because the deck kind of forces you to do it. Mm-hmm. Like when you're playing goblins, it's like, I'm not saying that like, oh, goblins brain dead deck hurt her. It's just, you play a lot more around sequencing and it's a lot more playing to your own outs and less about what your opponent's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because it's interesting because goblins, at least it was, obviously there's different versions uh, more so now I'd say, Um, but it was like the red control deck. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, since they've printed so many other goblins now, it's just, it's like it's its own thing. It's it's cool, and I, I I definitely want to play it again and more. That's you know my like happy place, but I'm also very much like I said enjoying lands. Mm-hmm. It's it's been super fun. So, uh, speaking of super fun, I think we should probably start getting into the main reason we are recording today. The main thing. We are going to talk about, uh, Ian, I think it's time to roll that beautiful bean footage. It It is indeed time to talk about beans. 
I for for a set that I've literally had my non-magic friends message me and be like, "What is this? What are these cards? Why are these are these real?" And I'm like, "Yes, they are." You Why know, is my Twitter talking about beans? Yes, yeah, <laughs> and it's amazing. I I really like the flavor that they have. The Illidale Drain at first was super cool, but then like we had Oko, so you know, the kind everyone of was bitching about it. Yeah, um, it was like it was too good, you know. Yeah. And now they have all like the flavor of the set. I think it's great. And this, you know, the up the Beanstalk card, it's it's kind of it's interesting that like you have these uncommons from standard sets that are just taking over these formats i mean let's be real it was um ei was the last one exactly what i was just gonna say that wasn't that long ago now i'll i'll preface it by saying i don't at least as of right now i don't this this is not on the same level as ei ei was a crazy other thing because EI was the like, probably the third best card advantage spell ever printed behind <laughs> Ancestor Recall and Treasure Cruise. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, it I might agree be with above that. Treasure Cruise. Yeah, up the Beanstalk though is pretty damn good, and it turns out like uh, just like the companions. Uh, oh well, there's uh, deck building restrictions and stipulations that you have to do. Um, well, when the best cards are, uh, let's see, mana value five or greater. Let, let's start with Pioneer. There let's you start go. With Pioneer. <laughs> so there is a, like, br- the Bring the Light Yorian deck has always been a thing in Pioneer. Mm-hmm. I've, I've played it every once in a while. It's a lot of fun. You just get to play five color mana base, play a tutor package with your Bring the Light, and then other than that, you're just casting a bunch of fun spells. Well, now, I mean, you're playing a five-color mana base, so you get access to all of the best five-color spells. And more importantly, five-color, five-mana spells. But just because they're five-mana doesn't mean you got to pay five-mana. Turns out Leyline Binding is a six-drop that only costs one mana. Still triggers beans. Beans. You You can cast Bring the Light, trigger beans. Tutor for something. Cast it. Trigger beans. Beans. Yorian is still legal in Pioneer. Cast Yorian. Trigger to draw. Resolve it. ETB trigger. Okay. End step. Beans comes back. Draw. This is a very good sequence if you have one up the beanstalk in play. Mm Mm-hmm. I have seen a Yorian cast and resolve with three beans in play. The bean triggers did not resolve because the opponent conceded. Uh, Makes sense, yeah. Like, there are so many things that you can do with this card that you are already doing anyway. Mm -hmm. Like, it took a couple. It took a couple days of people posting like screenshots and everything of this card for David Lance to even realize that it had an ETB trigger. <laughs> like, 
but he messaged me one day he's like oh that's what happens it's like, yeah, it's no, insane it's man dumb. there's there's so many words on these cards nowadays yeah like it's gotten to a point where people are splashing this card in decks across multiple formats that really have no right to play it mm-hmm. but at the same time it doesn't feel as oppressive as some of the other like the other cards of this style mm-hmm. like it's not it's not astrolabe it's not expressive iteration like it's not death right shop like all these things have had this kind of impact across multiple formats, but it doesn't quite have the same feeling to it. Yeah. Well, I think it's the fact that obviously how it's how the words are written on the card that it needs. Like I, I was, I mean, I know I was joking about it before with the deck building restriction, but it needs something else that isn't as easy to hit to do a thing like so it replaces itself you know that's fine cool uh i think that enough is is good you know it's fine um but then having to play these other cards to do it you're already putting resources if you're doing it i guess i'll also go back on some words that i literally just said um (laughs) The way that this was probably intended <laughs> is that you're putting so many resources into it that, okay, yes, drawing an extra card, like you're spending, you're tapping five lands for five mana, you're casting a five mana thing. It could get countered, it could not, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you could yeah, draw a card. Yeah, because there's nothing worse than there like playing a mid-range deck and you tap out on your turn five and you play your five drop and your opponent manatizes it. Yeah. Like daze it. Yeah. Or literally anything. And you're like, well, I just time walked myself and now I'm tapped out. You have free reign. Mm-hmm. Like so. this, it's the feel bads would be a little less. I mean, I wouldn't, I still wouldn't be thrilled. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather um, have my five drop resolved. Yeah. But, but I, the I fact think that it turns your five drops into two for ones is really nice in the, like, yes. the longer grindier matchups. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I think, I think that's really cool with it. You know, it's not, like you said, it's not oppressive. It doesn't seem like it's too much. Mm-hmm. Like the decks that are setting up to play these cards are have to get to that mid game. Mm. Um, so like this is something they they can do and i mean and i i've seen it in more aggressive lists and i've seen it in combo lists and i've seen it in control lists and yeah it's literally the reason i'm looking at a deck that says control and i'm like which is something is i never dope. thought i'd hear yeah like it's it seems cool just because you're able to turn the corner on it and i mean it plays a lot of cards that i actually like already mhm so it's it's interesting, you know. And the leyline binding. Now I'm just upset more that I didn't buy mine when the card came out. You know, yeah. it is what it is. But it's, but at the same time, for missing the boat, thirty three bucks for a playset's not bad. I mean, that's if I wanted the normal ones. But I'm a bougie little bitch, so that's that's fair. Yeah, so I'm looking at sixty dollars for a playset, but that's okay. Yeah, I mean, it's still fine. Yeah, 
but yeah okay. i mean and it's it's yeah i i don't at least as of right now i i will totally eat my words if this card just completely breaks open some shit which i i don't see it happening um i think it's just a good card and it's fine i think it's i think it's great that they they can print good cards solid yes. cards powerful cards and it doesn't have to break open anything exactly like it's it's been kind of exhausting as a magic player and you know and we make this content we're trying to do this to pay attention to these formats where you know oh well well they're non-rotating formats well they kind of fucking are when every other set when they're pumping out 70 sets a year Mm-hmm. gets uh you know has a card that completely flips it over and that was the whole argument we had talked about before where you know well some sets aren't for you and obviously depending on what format you're playing you might have to deal with it anyway yeah you know if you didn't want to buy the lord of the ring cards that's fine but good luck playing modern legacy vintage and not seeing orcish bowmaster mm-hmm. that's not gonna happen so like this card i think is great it's cool it's making some other things i think the only iffy part for me is it kind of just adds into the four or five color soup decks which like i think they're they're super cool i think they are really cool but they're also exploitable which is a big thing for sure and it's like I don't I don't know if that's better for the game. So I, I don't I don't know. Like I, I guess that's a that could be a question for another day, absolutely too. Yeah. Obviously the card is more new, so we're gonna see what happens with it later on, but yeah, because we uh. we talked a bit about like we started with Pioneer for a reason. Like it is a format where you are paying five mana for five mana spells. Leyline binding cheats a bit. You end up paying one or two mana if you're if you got the mana base put together. I've cast it for three mana off three bases before. Yeah. Sometimes you just gotta do what you gotta do. No, but with the fetches not being in there, it's it is hard. It's yes. Yeah. For sure. Like this list that we that I shared with you here, like the only fetches it's playing is Fabled Passage. Mm-hmm. But it is playing one, two, three, four, five, six seven eight of the ten triomes in some different numbers some of them are threes some of them are ones but you have all these tap lands that come into play like it does slow you down so there are downsides to playing these mm-hmm. but at least in pioneer there's no spells that you don't have to pay any mana for is that like that would make this card kind of gassed up a little bit right man it would be crazy if there were cards that just so happened to be able to do that yeah especially if they were like free and interactive and happened to cost like i don't know like three blue and a blue but yeah there's, there's that no would cards be like insane. that see, right wait i think there is one Oh my god, why don't you tell me about this new card that nobody plays? This totally new card that's terrible because no one should play it because you lose a life when you cast it. Oh, and you would exile a blue card. 
rather than pay the spell's mana cost from your hand, it is called Force of Will. And it turns out when the downside of pitching a card to your Force of Will is turn this blue card into the top card of your deck Mm -hmm. or the top two cards of your deck or the top three cards of your deck. Mm -hmm. You are perfectly willing to trade your force of will for whatever spell they just cast. For sure. And I think with the addition of ponders and brainstorms, it just gets even more powerful. Mm -hmm. You know, being able to sculpt it even more like we, that, that's the big talk about anyway with legacy it's like if you're playing blue like you have the card selection yes it's yes there's card draw but most people when you get into it it's called the card selection and at first i didn't really understand that um because yeah, brainstorm like, yeah, don't it. go up on cards yeah i was like numbers wise okay it doesn't make sense but like yeah okay you're you're, you're drawing more of your deck so you're gonna see more of it but it's literally that like you have more of a choice of what cards you will be drawing and when. Mm-hmm. And that's where the consistency comes from. And obviously that's where it can be, you know, there's there's the fine line of too consistent as well, you know. Yeah. Uh, variance is a part of the game. It's a big part of the game. It can, it can be an unfortunate part of the game. Um, was literally talking to someone today that they're, they're having more fun with Lorcana because of var- like variance is less. And I said, I totally understand. I totally mm-hmm. get, you know, things like that. Um, it's gonna it's gonna work with you. It's gonna be your best friend. And other days is gonna bite you in the ass so hard that you're never gonna want to touch cards again. Yep. You know it's it's the bitch of the thing. So yet trying to lower the chances of it or having it work in your favor is obviously should improve your win percentage, and that's why blue decks do so well. You know. So now having a card that, like you said. Oh no, I don't need this. You know, I'm I'm looking at this list here. Yeah, I don't need this other ponder. Or my opponent's trying to do this thing that will lose me the game right now or in a turn or two. Okay, yeah. Let's get rid of it. Pitch this card. I'll lose a life. Sure, life doesn't really matter that much. Legacy and ooh, here's another card. This mm-hmm. is a better card for this situation. Like it helps me out so much. Or, you know. The the list I was looking at that I was talking to you about had um, Thraben you played, and it had Terminus in it, and I was like, "Holy shit, that's really good!" Because <laughs> you because you have so many different ways so to good. like set up the top of your deck. You have brainstorms, yeah. you got ponders. Uh, I you I can play Mystic Sanctuary. Like, yeah. There's always ways to do it. it. And it was it's exactly that. He had one Mystic Sanctuary. Like it was, it was insane that I I was sitting here like. Yeah, that seems really good. What once once I saw it happen, excuse me. Um that was uh like his like I think the video was maybe just over an hour. There's a deck deck in there, he had a little bit of a, a follow-up too. I saw him cast terminus so many times, and it was it was cool to see, but I also remembered every time people cast terminus against me. And I would always get so fucking pissed off. It's <laughs> like, God damn it. Like, you're going to lose anyway. Just lose faster so I can go get a sandwich or something. Like, <laughs> Let's just move on. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, as of right now, again, I don't see this being 
too crazy i just see it being really good like it is another another good value engine absolutely and it's not like strangely enough the fact that it's not blue but goes in blue decks i think it's actually better for the card's longevity than like expressive iteration yeah because like we always joke about it but the pitches to force test is legitimate for sure yeah like that would be even if if it was like the trade-off was it's blue but it doesn't have an etb that still might be like too good yeah it still might be playable yeah like but yeah it's like you mentioned with terminus it's like the fact that you can set it up on your turn there's always been an issue with like hasty threats or like you're playing against elves and you don't have a way to set up your terminus like for that turn you pass a turn back your opponent taps their cradle cast natural order puts a crater hoof in play and you're dead mm-hmm. well beanstalk triggers on their turn too mm-hmm. so you no longer have to have a brainstorm to trigger it on their turn you can cast your leyline binding trigger draw a card cast terminus trigger draw a card leyline binding resolves eat your artifact your planeswalker whatever's been the issue for me mm-hmm. like you have all these different ways to just eat whatever it is that they have on their side of the field and wipe the board for sure that being said i have also seen um a board state with um shieldred and orcish bowmasters in play where if the opponent cast a terminus they died to the trigger from the beans because it's not a may because i think opponent was at nine and if they cast their terminus then they would draw three cards take three from bowmaster six from shieldred and be dead before the terminus result mm. so there are still downsides to playing this <laughs> It's uh, it's like Icarus flying too close to the sun. <laughs> exactly. Climbing too close to the sun on the beanstalk. Um, but yeah, and Legacy is another format where Yorian is legal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a much more consistent... It's a more consistent effect with Yorian too. Because you have all these brainstorms and ponders. You have like green sun zenith piles you can play. Where every single creature just has a enter the battlefield effects. You can you get to play um, abundant growth, and like just all these different like value ETB effects mm-hmm. that pair very well with of the Beanstalk and Yorian, and the fact that you can combine them all together. Um, like I went to Legacy for Real Estate um, out at Titan Game Shop last weekend, mm-hmm. and. I had an opponent with two beanstalks in play, two abundant growth on their lands, a solitude in play, and a Stoneforge Mystic. And then they cast a Yorian. They drew two cards, ETB, draw two cards, or sorry, draw four cards. Uh, solitude, one of my things. Leyline Binding, one of my things. Get another thing off their Stoneforge. And I'm just like, this, I, I can't come back from this. 
we were already on a super close board state. I had like a couple of construct tokens out. I had a loam going. And then all of a sudden my board was gone and I was facing down lethal. And this is not good. Mm. But, I don't know. It's very interesting. Like we, like we're saying, like I'm very curious to see kind of where this ends up, mm. where it kind of settles into. I don't feel like in Legacy or at least Pioneer so far that it's like making a new deck. Mm-hmm. It's just slotting in and more so solidifying decks that were already there. Yeah. Like give and, a new tool to existing decks. Like give Yeah, them a it's like rounding them out a little bit more. Yeah. Which it isn't a bad thing. I, mm-hmm. I think it's having, you know, it's why some formats are fantastic, you know, you can play so many different things. Yeah. Um yeah, so it's it's to be determined whether Beanstalk has staying power in these decks and these formats, like, or is it just flavor of the week kind of thing? Like, people are experimenting with new toys. There, mm-hmm. and turns out when a good player puts a new toy into their deck, they're probably going to win with it anyway because they were just going to win that tournament no matter what. Yeah. So it's it's very difficult to tell like this early on. Is it the card? Is it the Beanstalk that's winning the game? Or is it the fact that they like resolved two force wills in the ley line binding against Delver? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that'll be interesting because I, I think that's more so what I'm thinking for our next format we want to talk about with modern. Mm-hmm. I think that not to say that in Pioneer and Legacy that the cards we were talking about aren't good or, you know, it was just you have a, when you have a pile of good cards, you're probably going to do well. Yeah. Um, the more spells you cast, the more likely you are to win. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think I again, Pioneer, I don't play it. So is that the is it in the best deck? It didn't look like it because it wasn't in mono green. At yeah, least it might the, be a green deck card, list I was looking at. Good. Yeah. Um, looking at this legacy list, especially the one I'm looking at. Okay, it has two Orcus Bowmasters. That's one of the most played cards. Uh, yeah, obviously Force Will. Sure, the uh, Lorian revealed. Yep, that's been a big thing. Uh, oh, four copies of the One Ring. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good card. Three copies yep. of Uro. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, those are just good cards. So the four next to up the Beanstalk could have been, you know the four first out cards that they were thinking of mm-hmm. you know it, it could have been anything could have been it could have four switched. mistress bobble absolutely like, yeah it still could be and, fine. and it still would have been like this is still a a decent damn deck you know mm-hmm. um but like i said in modern looking at what those decks were kind of doing anyway it, it not that it's the like the wild west or anything it just seemed very interesting. I mean, and I know that's like, I'm saying this with obviously my own opinions and stuff with everything that's going on. Like modern was what I played exclusively. Mm-hmm. And yeah, within the past few years, it's just like, I've, I just haven't 
you know, when Hammer first became the thing, I was playing it and that was fun. But then it got to the point, I mean, that was even with Luris and stuff. And, you know, I, I was playing against these Grixis Murktide every single time. Like that's, it felt like that's all I was paired against. And mm-hmm. those, those matchups were hard as hell. And it's, I'm not like, I don't like this because I'm not winning. Because I kept winning. I was yeah. still, I was still doing very well with that deck. I think, and in like a month, I, I had like an 86% win percentage with that deck. And was playing, you know, two times a week with it. And it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was good. I was doing it, but I just started to not like the play patterns of what modern was becoming. Um, so I just, I don't know, like I said, if the cards are just so good and it's carrying along this, it, it picked up the little orphan on the side of the road and added it to its troop. And now, you know, I don't know where the hell that analogy came from. Jesus, that was, <laughs> but it's like, it, 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 you know, it, it picked up this, this card that was just kind of here. And now everyone's all about it. Like, and here's my thing. I'm all about the memes. I love talking about beads. This shit's hilarious to me, mm-hmm. but like the cards, cards got some legs too. But I like you said exactly. Is the card doing the work, or is it all the cards around it doing the work? And I think that's super interesting to see. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I feel like in modern is where it has the most impact, mm-hmm. but not necessarily just because like there's more cards you can play or anything like that. It's in pioneer, like. Beans has definitely has a place. Like it has cards it gets value with, but you don't have a lot of the cheating on mana that you have in Modern and Legacy. In Legacy, you've always had Brainstorm. You've always had Ponder. Yep. Like we've always had these like consistent decks. Uh, like the blue cantrip decks have always like had people who call them the Xerox decks for a reason. You yep. copy, you just scan what you did last game, copy it over here, do the same thing every time because your deck is super consistent. In modern, however, the most like super consistent thing that has really shown up over the last couple of years has been these four color Renin six decks mm-hmm. where. Like you have a lot of cards that just do the same thing. Like you have a bunch of removal, a bunch of card draw, a bunch of mana. Like if you cast more spells than your opponent does, you're probably gonna win. But a lot of these, especially when like Yorian was in the format, it was if you had a 80 card Ren and Six deck where your opening hand had fetch land, Ren and Six, other green or red mana. And it could be four drop, five drop, five drop. And then it doesn't matter. Like mm-hmm. You snap, keep that hand, play your run in six, never miss a land drop. But then there's the games where you look at your opening hand and it's like hollowed fountain, basic island, fury, omnath, solitude, lightning bolt. It's like, well, this doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. 
the way that the four color piles now are in modern though because you do have of the beanstalk it is very very rare that you do not keep a two mana plus spell hand and have it fail mm -hmm. uh, because you have Ren and Six on two, you have Up the Beanstalk on two. Even if you don't have like more lands for your Beanstalks, it's like, okay, you have a Fetch Land and a Shock Land. Odds are that you can make a Wayline Binding cost one mana with that hand. If you can't make it cost one, you can guaranteed make it cost two. Mm -hmm. And if you can't, you built your mana base really wonky. So you have a two-drop removal spell for anything. You have your solitudes, you have your furies. You have these ways you can still cast spells with limited amount of mana. Mm -hmm. So in modern, up the beanstalk kind of gives you that Xerox effect where it's like, yeah, keep a hand that's remotely playable and then we'll figure it out eventually. For sure. Uh, like I've, I've been messing around with... Um, the 75 card main deck build that popped up after a couple challenges like two weeks ago now. Mm -hmm. um, my one buddy, Logan, he borrowed my exact copy of the deck. He had an RCQ that he went to last weekend and I wasn't able to go. So I'm like, yeah, here, test it for me. I got one next weekend. He said that the list that we had, he wouldn't make a single change. He lost like two games all day and just crushed this RCQ. That's awesome. So I'm definitely hoping that it's the exact same thing on Saturday when I go to mine. Absolutely. Because it's a high stakes RCQ. Mm -hmm. $100 entry, 100% prize pool. So it kind of, it's going to be a, a lower entry event. Like I'm not expecting more than four rounds plus top eight. Yeah. There's a small chance that because of how things lined up around here there's a small chance that this is an eight person single elimination rcq that would be eight hundred dollars in prize on the line it's ugh, the potential for field bads is insane <laughs> <laughs> but the way i look at it if it is a four round rcq like there's 14 people that show up cool four rounds cut to top four Win-win. That's six rounds of magic. Be done by five o'clock. Head over to Dom's for his birthday party. And we're hey. all set. That's the dream right there. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I get the I get the upside of either I scrub out and I get to go to the party early. Or I'm winning, so I show up a bit late. I'm gonna be there all night anyway. That's right. You're damn right. I um yeah, I just I think it's it's super interesting. Like I I'm looking at your list now, and like I said, it looks super cool. Like it's it's a bunch of cool cards, you know. And the, list, and the list satisfies the burn player in you too. Yeah, four four like, four 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 four. It just it works, you know. <laughs> um, uh, but I also looked at on uh, Goldfish that McWin Sauce won the preliminary. Mm -hmm. And just to see how different their list is compared to yours. But like, it still 
makes sense. Yes, you know, he played uh, Bring the Light List, right? He has Bring the Light. He has a fucking time warp in there. And I'm like, yeah, this is this is cool. Like, you get to see these cards. <laughs> I, don't, I don't normally get to see, you know? Mm-hmm. He's running with 80 cards total, which I guess makes sense. His, he's trying to be a little more lean on that. Mm-hmm. You're only running one more land than him. Is what yeah, it looks I'm only like. running one more land, but he's also he's also playing more um like high end spells where he's actually casting them. Yeah. Like he's playing I mean, that Valky. bring to light. Like you can just cast the back half of Valky. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he's playing counter spells, so he wants to hold up mana while he's doing other stuff. For sure. Uh, so it makes more sense that like he is playing more lands. But at the same time, like there's been a big debate between people playing. Or I say big debate, like it's Twitter. People post like two things and then stop talking about it. Uh, but is it right to play 60? Is it right to play 75? Is it right to play 80? Mm-hmm. Is it right to play 66? I saw that earlier today. And it's just people trying to figure out the math. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it's it's got to pretty much just be like a math, kind of like a math equation, huh? Yeah, because it's something that always comes up when people talk about, like, when Death and Taxes first started playing 80 cards. Mm-hmm. There was people on both sides of the argument, and it's like, well, I, why would you play 80 cards? Like, just play 60, it's much more consistent. Yeah. And... While in theory, yes, playing your four ofs is more consistent in a 60 card to draw the fours. But then in the six card list, you don't have a lot of room, so you're playing a bunch of one ofs. Yeah. Whereas in the 80 card build, that one of becomes a two of. Two in 80 is more than three, or is more than one in 60. Mm -hmm. So when you're looking at the ratios of spells to lands, it is very simple to increase the number of cards in a deck while not losing out on the consistency. And when you're looking at a deck like this five color pile, there's a lot of cards you really only want to draw one of. Yeah. Renin Six, Teferi, Amath, like Delighted Halfling even. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of cards where you really only want one. Obviously, eventually you'll draw more, but you don't want to have like, you don't want to have two Omnaths in your opening hand without something to do with it. For sure. You yeah. don't want to have just like a double fable, the mirror break your hand. Mm. Like it doesn't flow as well. So when you're looking at it, it's like, well, I could just play like three copies of these cards. Because, like, having three cards in 60, like, yes, you're still going to draw it most games. Like, there's a lot more ways to get through the deck. There's a lot more, like, there's a lot more powerful things you can do, even just running three copies. But if you're playing a mirror match, or you're playing something like this deck where you can just draw a bunch of cards, having only three copies of your Teferi isn't always enough for those super long games or four copies, like having three copies of your one ring. 
if you don't have enough ways to reset it, if you don't have like just enough copies of the ring itself to reset it naturally, you can just die to your ring more often. For sure. So you want to have four copies of it, but you want to draw it less. So the only way to do that is to play more cards and just have the ratio of cards of hits versus not yeah. stay the same, but have access to all four rings, all four lightning bolts, all four run and six. Yeah. And I think what's interesting too, especially looking at your list more so, um, is that you're playing cards that you can use the second omnath omnath in mm-hmm. your hand for you know yeah. i'm looking i'm seeing fury solitudes you pitch cards to those um fables you can filter out the cards you know you discard the cards to draw different ones that gives you second chances at things like i think that's really interesting mm-hmm. to be able just having, to having access to like the utility lands too fills kind of the same role Mm-hmm. Like if you just yeah, have a bunch it, of fetches and shocks, like okay, cool. Like this Renatix is just useless now. Yeah. But when you're looping Besages, you're looping triomes that you're cycling for value. Like yeah. there's so many more ways to just take advantage of it. For sure. Yeah, I, I really like when you know, like lands and stuff, like say what you will, you know, about how there's all these lands that are doing all these things now and like the flip lands and we're going to get more of them in Modern Horizons 3 or double face card, whatever, like trying to keep track of everything. But like, like we talked about with lands for legacy, like it's the cards just don't say like tap for green, you know, this or anything. It's like these, these, the lands are doing other shit like yes. and people can be upset about it and that's fine but like it's part of the game you yeah. know like the power creep is part of the game but it also honestly like it does the way that they've been designing cards lately where they do multiple things like we talked earlier about like the variance being in the game like how some mm-hmm. people are going to Lorcana because it's less variance yeah what magic is doing with all of these like modal but not modal cards yeah is they are actually reducing a lot of the feels bad variants mm-hmm. like oh okay i drew four lands in a row well that kind of sucks i'm dead or i drew four lands in a row and three of them had cycle so i was able to just churn through that land pocket mm-hmm. and there's this, a lot more going on i think something with that is and not we don't have to get into it i've, I've talked about it definitely two or three times with us recording is that with these cards becoming modal or something or this this one card can do three particular things okay not one amazing but like three okay things is if that is kind of in essence what's been happening because they've made this huge push towards arena mm-hmm. and where there is a best of one because let's be real the only best of one is like commander right like you're only gonna have one game where things line up okay cool and having a push towards best of one yes the cards need to be pretty drastically different because if my opponent's doing a bunch of shit with artifacts and i have no artifact removal you're just dead uh, i'm done yeah I'm, i'm done 
But now there's a card where, you know, oh, well, I can pay three mana and have it deal three damage to every creature. Okay, cool. Or it destroys every artifact that costs three or less. Like, okay, well, now we're talking. Like, now that hits way more things. And it's you can have, you know, take up less space. And mm-hmm. it's it's these cards that... um like the idea of expanding the sideboards to 20 or 25 cards kind of starts to dissipate a little bit. Um, they're starting to do that main deck now. Yeah. Or they're yeah. starting to do it like, now, where you just have modal stuff in the sideboard. Yeah. I I also had a problem in modern when it was like the sideboard cards started going main, like the Bantle Drazi and shit. Mm-hmm. Like that was, that was annoying as hell. Like it's just, I don't know. Now that was probably definitely I was playing Living End back then. Yeah. And the four chalice main were just annoying as shit. Like I had to find my beast within. This is what we had to do. Or they would mulligan to it and then cast it. Like that's cool. They didn't have anything else. Sweet. Play a land pass, play a land pass, play a land pass. And it would get to the point where I'm hard casting my desert Saradons. And those mm. things are bigger than their Eldrazi. So that's fine. Like that was okay for me, you know? <laughs> so that was uh that was interesting with it. So like I wonder if there's going to, and like I guess that could be a thing. Like as I sit here and I these words just kind of vomit out of my mouth, like maybe that's the reason I'm not enjoying modern as much because the pseudo sideboard cards are now becoming more and more main mm-hmm. and i don't know I, it's it's interesting i i know a big more... part of it though too is i look at the prices on some of these damn things i'm like i don't want to do that but oh yeah i mean like the modern deck that i'm playing at the rcq this weekend it's the same cost as when i bought into legacy 12 years ago yeah like back when you could get trops and um volcanic islands for like 150 to 200 dollars if you need the right oh dude i still Mm. still regret selling my unlimited tropical islands Mm. for 300 dollars. that hurts my wallet every time i think about it Mm. but so it's like it feels it honestly feels like in the last 10 years, modern now is what legacy was when I started playing legacy. Mm-hmm. When I, I feel like the numbers are real close to the amount of cards that were when modern was formed. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I think that's interesting because I didn't have, were you, when was modern created? Modern starts at eighth edition. So when modern first became a format, it was, I believe, 2010 or 2011. Okay. Um, so it was like it had just really started taking off when, um, like right before I started playing Magic. Because it would have been. If it was, I think it was pro, it won the Pro Tours in 2010 mm-hmm. because it was eighth edition until present. Yeah. So that would have been three years of cards. So that basically would have been like what Pioneer was when it first started. Yeah. 
obviously some of the cards are stupid from back then but um but yeah like you mentioned it's like legacy 12 years ago like 1993 till 2012 when i first started getting into legacy like okay that's 19 years well it's 2007 till 2023 that's 16 Mm -hmm. like i also hate you for saying that but yes i know i know we're getting old (laughs) so it's like getting to the point where yeah the modern card pool is what legacy was when i started and the, the decks feel very similar power level too yeah like yeah you have like obviously in legacy you have like the dark ritual combo decks but if you're looking at the fair decks, it's like the stuff that's going on in modern right now is it feels very similar to how legacy used to be. Like you could play your um your random creature aggro deck and still be fine. Mm-hmm. You could play your Delver deck with your your Tarmogoyfs and your Nimble Mongeese, and it's like, okay, cool. Like we're just going to keep you off balance and we're just gonna get you until I can just burn you out with a couple lightning bolts that I found. Mm-hmm. It's basically what Merktide's doing now. Yeah, truthfully. It's like, admittedly, Merktide is bigger than the threats in Rug Delver were back then. Okay, but you also have a lot more answers to those threats. Like, yeah. you don't have Swords of Plowshares. Cool. You have Solitude. You have Leyline Binding. You have clean answers to a multitude of threats, mm-hmm. which is what you need in a format. Like, there's, um, with Wilds of Eldraine, there's um, The End. Like, it's a card that is a clean answer and lines up very well against a lot of things in Standard right now. Mm. Like, I'm going to take your Shieldred and all of your Shieldreds. Like, it is a very powerful effect. It's a clean answer, but it's not really oppressive. Yeah which is what you want in a clean answer for sure. Yeah. It's, it's the, it is a job that I do not envy at all mm-hmm. trying to come up with f- balanced and fun cards. Yes. And it, is, it is that second part that is the most difficult to find uh, for sure. Exactly. A hundred percent, you know, and I think it's, you know, to kind of like bring it back around to this where like this up the beanstalk, like it's fun. It's damn good. You know, now the question is, does it have the staying power? You know, how deep are the roots on the beanstalk if it's going to stick around in these decks? Because it's surrounded by all these other powerful cards. Yeah, Looking at your list is insane. Delighted Halfling. Yep. Omnath, yeah. Elishnorn, yep. Fury, Solitude, Ren and Six, Teferi, Lightning Bolt, Prismatic, any of the One Ring. You have cards. Literally, you have cards in what you what I just said from the first set to the most recent set. Yep. You have literally 31 years of magic in this deck list. And that's fucking cool it really is because like looking at all these old like (laughs) looking at a list where it plays cards that you've played before it feels great when you get to go back and it's like 
I know how this card plays. Yep. I know what the role it plays in every matchup. Like you can look at a deck list and you get that nostalgia feel to it. Like one of the Beanstalk decks that I was messing around with was one that you sent me mm-hmm. because I've always been a fan of actual affinity affinity. Oh, I miss it. It was so good. <laughs> so like, it was like, yeah, sure. By the time that Ravager was like dominating modern, it wasn't really affinity that was doing it. It was Ravager aggro, whatever. Yeah. I still called it affinity. Get off my lawn. That's right. But being being able to play on turn four, I had a beanstalk in or two beanstalks in play. I had like a couple tapped artifact lands and like a frog mite and a, another random artifact dude in play. Mm-hmm. And I was able to go uh, tap a blue mana, play my thought monitor draw three or draw four cards because two off the beans two off the end of battlefield mm-hmm. cast the seven drop with affinity draw two cast the seven drop with affinity draw two just going off yeah and like i, I ended the turn with like 14 cards in hand passed to my opponent they drew a card and then conceded yeah it's, it's like, like it's it's ridiculous you know it's and there's just so many fun <laughs> things you can do when a new card comes into these formats. Mm. It's like I'll admit that deck was not good. Yeah, because you talked about Brotherhood's End earlier. I had a Delver opponent cast that against me, and I had one permanent in play. Yeah, turns out wasn't great. Turns out. <clears throat> now I did say you had cards from the first set, which is basically just the lightning bolts. Yeah. Every other card I mentioned. <laughs> It may have past. been printed in the last four years. <laughs> For sure. Sorry, three years. Omnath was 2020. What what was the uh is Omnath the was Ren and Six is the oldest one, isn't it? Oh, yep. I think Ren and Six was 2019. Yeah. Which is, yep. <laughs> which is ridiculous, but still. <laughs> yeah, I'm, playing, I just, I'm playing four color post-COVID tribal. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's probably what I'm going to write on my deck list. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, it works. But yeah, I think like like we said, and like we've talked about, it's it's interesting this to see this card come up. We talked about the three different formats. Standard, I have no idea if this is being played, seen played. What's really in in it i'm gonna go uh, out on a limb and say that it's not really seeing standard play purely for the fact that shieldred is still in the format true um yeah like there is a green black mid-range deck that is like the highest percentage of the meta right now it's not playing it if that's not enough to tell you it's probably not seeing play well i am seeing here a five color ramp deck side note that has a card called virtue of persistence the beginning yes. of your upkeep you put a target creature card from your graveyard onto the battlefield under your control and the that front would be, a removal spell too which is just good that would be some shit that i would play but that's yeah. that's a story for a different day 
<laughs> I don't need to start looking at standard shit here. Which is not something that we've said in a long time. That's right. That's but right. This this standard format actually looks fun. I'm... The last time that I said that about a standard format was when I'm pretty sure Pack Rat was legal. Yeah. It's been a little while. I, I think I wonder though if it's like too dominated by children. I don't know. Again, that's a totally other conversation that can be had on another day. <laughs> we can, I, we can go I'm, off on this one. I have been debating back and forth for a while with downloading Arena again. <laughs> but we'll see. But I like like I said, we've kind of been almost a broken record on this. It's it's interesting to see. It's almost refreshing to mm-hmm. see a card that's it's strong. It's good. It's fun. Like, but we haven't talked about banning it. Yeah. We haven't talked about a card getting banned because of it, you know, and that's unfortunately, unfortunately, it's weird to say that, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I think this is kind of cool. I think people should enjoy it, have fun, have all the bean memes, please. It's, it's great. It's great to see. I love it. I'm all about it. <laughs> Keep it up. <laughs> Yeah, it's it is at a point where because like a lot of the time when a new card comes into a format, it's either fun or it's good. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, sure, you can say, "Oh, I love playing with Orcish Bell Masters." It's like it's not really a like a fun feeling to play with it or against it, unless you're casting a wheel and then you kill your opponent with it. But that's beside the point. Mm-hmm. Just like it is a good value card, has it is underrate, and yes, it just does good things. It's not really fun. Yeah. With up the beanstalk, though, it's like drawing cards is one of the most fun things you can do in Magic. There's reasons people play blue decks. Yeah, absolutely. But now that you can just like, I'm gonna do this. Oh yeah, and I also draw a card. Mm-hmm. Like it, it adds it adds enjoyment to other decks while also like powering them up enough to compete, but not so much that they're busted. Yeah. Like I'm talking about how like I'm going to be playing this four color pile deck at the next RCQ I go to on Saturday. It is still after like in the last two weeks, it's 12% of the meta. Mm -hmm. Which a lot of it is, it's the new toy. We're going to play with it. Yeah. But that's also including all the different versions people are playing. There's 60 cards, 75 card, 80 cards, 66 card, bring to light, control, elementals. Like there's so many different things you can do with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just the same. I was going to say 75, but all the deck lists aren't that. (laughs) It's not, you know, there can be definitely some similarities to it, but there's enough different in it, which Mm -hmm. is cool. Yeah, I, I I am very much enjoying watching all these formats adapt. Like, I like where Legacy's at right now. I like where Modern's at. I like where Pioneer's at. I even like where Standard's at. 
Mm-hmm. Commander, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, haven't played that in a long time. Did they ban Mr. Cremora today or something? Or were they talking? About I her? I think that was just people complaining about it on Twitter again. Okay. Um, I need to figure out if I need to sell mine fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure that was just more commander player discourse that bled into other people's timelines. Uh, it's similar along the lines of where I think it was like a week or two ago. Uh, commander players were saying that Soul Ring's not good enough for a lot of decks. If you think that, you're fucking wrong. That's right. It doesn't matter if you have like, oh, I don't have any spells that have more than like one color or colorless mana in the cost. Okay, cast two of them in a turn. You're good. Yeah. It's just weird. Like mm. there's I just want to put up magic online. I just want to play more beans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, hardened scales making a comeback because of Soul Cauldron. That deck is so fun to watch. Yeah. And having the new toy in it, it, I've seen so many screenshots and so many like Twitch clips of just, oh, I didn't realize you can kill my opponent here. You're dead. Like when uh, I think it was, I think it might have been a spiring spike where he was trying to figure out, like, all right, how much do I commit to this Ink Moth Nexus? Like, if I go for it here, then like they can just kill it and then I lose. And it's like, ah, whatever. I'll just attack for six with a Ink Moth of five counters on it. Mm-hmm. And then he's trying to figure out what the rest to do for the turn. And then realizes that he can exile a walking ballista with his uh with his soul cauldron and an ink moth could just ping the opponent with infecting kill them. That's ridiculous. Like <clears throat> just he, just the live reaction of figuring that out was funny to yeah. watch. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, there's there's a lot of new stuff coming. There's a lot of new stuff happening in modern. Like it's all it's a lot of the same decks, admittedly, but there's new play patterns, there's new ways to interact with them, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on, and I am excited for it to be modern RCQ season. Mm-hmm. Which if you had asked me a month ago, like before this new set got spoiled fully, I would have been like, Yeah, I'm gonna play it because I have to, but like I don't really want to. Yeah. But now it's like, oh, I actually want to play modern again. This is a very well-timed set. Hey, what's interesting, too, is I have most of this uh, hardened scales deck. Interesting. We'll get you back on Modern Tune, buddy. (laughs) Maybe. We'll see. (laughs) One way to find out. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We'll be be back in about two more weeks uh hopefully i will have won this rcq and not have to play another one um but we'll see what happens with the uh oh actually before we stop i believe our next episode actually will probably line up with the uh wilds of eldraine ban window so if they are making any changes coming up, we might have some Pioneer to talk about next time. That could be good. Because 
I'm not going to say Karn and Fable are going to get banned in Pioneer. But I think Karn and Fable are going to be banned in Pioneer. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but for now. Shake it up. For now. From the two of us here and the one not here from the pregame effect. Y'all have the rest of the night. See ya. See ya.